Today on CityCast Chicago. You see streetwise vendors all over the city selling the weekly magazine at your Walgreens, outside your office, a coffee shop. Well, after the pandemic basically turned parts of the city into a ghost town, people are slowly getting back to their commutes, which means streetwise vendors can maybe make some money again. Inflation is hitting streetwise just like it's hitting the rest of us. So the cover price went from two to three dollars. We hear from a few vendors about why they started selling the magazine. I will always be a streetwise vendor. If, if I worked at another job and still worked this job, I will still always keep streetwise on my hip. And streetwise executive director Julie Youngquist tells lead producer Carrie Shepard about the organization's history. It's Wednesday, July 6th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. The thing with Streetwise is it's just like so part of the landscape, the downtown Mm -hmm. landscape. Like we've all seen the same vendor every day when we go on our commute. But I never really knew about the history of how Streetwise started. The magazine, the vendors were just kind of always there. So let's start there. When did Streetwise start and what was the mission of it when it started? So Streetwise started in 1992. And so really the street paper model is we produce a newspaper now magazine that covers issues all manners of issues of justice chicago life and culture and we train individuals who are homeless or just need an immediate source of income we train them on their rights and responsibilities for selling the magazine and then they buy it from us okay up until now they would buy it for 90 cents and sell it for two dollars or back when we were paper bought it for 25 cents and sold it for a dollar so it really is an alternative to panhandling not only do they have a product so now interactions with customers are transactional not charitable it also builds bridges and common language Mm. between customers and vendors you know, shared interests in movies, shared interests in restaurants, or talking um, with customers about climate change and economic justice and social justice and racism and and the cost of being poor and being homeless and really stripping away some of those stereotypes that people have about individuals experiencing homelessness that they're addicted sure, sure. or criminals or it's by choice. I mean, our vendors are living proof that they're one bad situation, one, you know, paycheck away from losing everything. At that particular time, I had lost my truck driving license because I used to drive trucks before I uh, started selling streetwise. And uh, it was kind of hard for me to get my license straightened out with all the parking tickets and stuff. He told me, he said, yeah, go down to the office, get man, to go down and get your badge down there. And after that, you know, you, you, own, it, you own and run it. My name is Danny Davis, D-A-N-N-Y, D-A-V-I-S. Not the congressman, but just plain old Danny Davis. Born and raised in Chicago. Uh, um, in my younger years, uh, I was on the west side, and I went to Austin High School out there. It's so expensive to be poor when you can't buy a train ticket for seven days, you've got to pay more. If you can't afford rent and you're paying a day rate at an SRO, That's incredibly expensive. Tell me a little bit more because the model just the business model just changed, like you said. So 
Explain like to someone how it would work if someone wanted to become a Streetwise vendor. Most of the people who come to Streetwise are from word of mouth, where vendors are recruiting people out in the streets who they see could benefit from an immediate income. I, I saw a friend, a friend of mine, his name Lefty. Um, he told me, I say, I saw him, I was downtown Chicago on Chicago in a, a State Street at the McDonald's. And he said, I work, I work down here. And I was like, you work where, downtown? He was like, yeah, I work downtown. And for me growing up, that was like a, a prestigious job to work downtown, right? And so I was like, man, can you get me a job downtown? He was like, yeah, man, I can get you a job downtown. And I was like, well, what I gotta do? He said, I, he said, I sell these papers streetwise. I was like, if, uh, if you can get me in, when can I start? My name is A. Allen. Well, I go by the name A. Allen because I'm not the Allen. I'm just A. Allen. I've been at Streetwise approximately 12 years. Anyone who wants to be a Streetwise vendor can walk in and go through our orientation, which covers what their rights and responsibilities are. Their right to sell the magazine on public property. They can't be 15 feet within 15 feet of a door, like to a business. Mm. So like you're encroaching on private property at that point. They can't stand in front of an ATM, uh, but generally just be, you know, courteous, consistent. Um, we give them a temporary badge and 15 free magazines to get started. We do help them identify a location that they want to sell the magazine. So we do have a Google map that all of our vendors are mapped out on. And so we work with the new individuals on what's your transportation situation, where are you staying, what's proximal. We're really trying to keep as much cash in their pockets as possible. And once they've purchased from us 60 magazines, they become a permanent vendor. So they get a permanent badge. We outfit them with an apron and a t-shirt and hat. And what's also attractive is that we have this whole support system behind all of our vendors. So we really believe that if there's something that we can provide them that that allows them to use their cash towards things we can't, then that's what we're going to do. So we I have see. clothing, hygiene supplies, we have breakfast, lunch, take-home meals. We also have um, staff on site that can help access public benefits, reduce CTA cards. For some, the magazine may be a good stepping stone, but then they may become ready for more traditional employment. So we do have a jobs program where we help people get ready to get jobs and then help place them into jobs. But we also have vendors who have been selling the magazine the entire 30 years. This is their job. They're entrepreneurs. I've been a streetwise vendor approximately, I know we've been around for 30 years. I think I started it maybe, streetwise started in 1992. Um, I think I started maybe around about 93, 94. Oh my God. So I would make it a nine to five job. So I would get up in the morning, brush my teeth and everything, get my stuff together, go to the office and get my magazines. And from there I go to the street, to the uh, Fear Museum and the Shed Aquarium. And from, from nine to maybe 10 or one, I would take a break. And after I take a break, I would come back re-up on my magazines. That's when the, when the magazines was like, uh, they weren't magazines, they were actually newspapers. And the ink would come off on your hand and everything, but it, it still sold. <laughs> you know, that was when they was a dollar. And um, and then after that, sometime I, the magazine was going so so good, I would go to the, to the Bulls games when Michael Jordan was playing. 
And man, I loved it because I made good money. When when that I hate when that got left. I really hate it because I would make at least two, three hundred, maybe four hundred dollars a day. You said this, and this is interesting. You said the vendors are entrepreneurs, but starting any business venture means you have to start with some money, right? To invest. Right. So how does that work with Streetwise? So we do, we're very flexible. So we do a lot of restarts and, and then sometimes things happen where someone, you know, had a health issue and they were in the hospital for two weeks and they don't have those funds. And so we will give them magazines to get started. If we see that this is happening quite a bit, we've implemented a loan structure. Um, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's the psychology of the loan that it's not the handout. It's, it, it's not a handout. It's a hand up. We're not breaking kneecaps or anything to recollect right, those right. funds. <laughs> Can you share some stories of some of the vendors who come to Streetwise and what's happening in their, in their lives and how they decide to make, you know, come to this opportunity? You know, one of our vendors who's now a field supervisor and helps train and recruit vendors, he was actively homeless for three years. Mr. Um, Allen. This is Mr. Allen. Mr. Allen. How yeah. do you know? Just from research and stuff. I yeah. Oh, <laughs> and right. I've seen him before. I've seen him before. So yeah, yeah. But Allen was homeless for three years and he was just sick of it. He was sick of being yeah. homeless. And so he found his way actually to a hospital so he could stabilize. And when he came out, he came to Streetwise and was very skeptical at first. And he was very shy, um, wasn't really sure how the model worked or if it would work for him. Um, But he stuck with it and had a lot of support around him. And he's one of our most successful vendors now. I'm a field supervisor for Streetwise now, and that's what I ask people. We try to find a place that's convenient for them to get to that has a lot of foot traffic, like uh, uh, in the morning, Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks or some place where people be moving around early in the morning, okay, if you're a morning person. If you're an afternoon person, we got to find you an afternoon spot where people go in the afternoon, say, for instance, if they have a job. If they have a job, people usually... When they get off work, they go to places like Walgreens. They go to places like Dunkin' Donuts. They go to different places to eat. They go to um, McDonald's, okay? And those are afternoon spots. When I tell people, you know, to stay at your location, be there on a consistent basis, and you will start making money. It takes a certain kind of personality to stand outside on a corner and establish this kind of business. And it's really just not for everyone. And so we do have people who come and give it a shot and it's not for them. One of our newer vendors well, in the last year, John, it took him four times. He's come here four separate times to try to make a go of yeah. this and finally made a go of it. Julie, what was it? Why did he leave, come back, leave, come back? What did he say? What was going on that made him? It was kinda... just, it was, I think it's state of mind. Also, it's very, it yeah. can be very isolating um, very demoralizing, especially if, you know, they're out there selling this legitimate product. That's, I mean, the magazine is award-winning. It's high quality. They're selling this amazing product. And then, you know, there's somebody just begging right next to them that'll make, you know, the same amount or more. And so, you know, you kind of get this like, well, screw it. But it's the, 
it's the sense of, I think, community and the other supports that we provide that bring draw people back in. I don't know that people understand the journalism of Streetwise, Mm -hmm. like who writes for it? What's in there? What kind of are you doing cover stories, et cetera, columns? So our, you know, our editorial lens is uh, really about all things justice and Chicago culture from the perspective of the individuals who sell the magazine. Uh, So it's important that vendors contribute to the magazine. So we have a weekly SportsWise column. We have restaurant reviews. We've done movie reviews. We have vendors contributing to cover stories. So we just did a a feature a couple weeks ago on the Ukrainian village. So we had vendors go to the Ukrainian village and go to the museum and go out to eat and just experience that culture. Streetwise is this avenue for people who are homeless. And Mm -hmm. is there, but is there, do you guys have numbers? Is there this direct correlation you see of vendors who come in homeless and then the period of time that gets them to stable housing? Is this something that you guys are really tracking as a policy? We're we're not tracking it. um, And mostly there's self-reporting and we do like have people complete information. We know, we know who's, how many people are homeless and how many people are housed. And we have about 40% of our folks are housed and about 60% are homeless in the broadest definition, couch surfing, Mm. sleeping on the train, sleeping on the streets. We only have about a hundred really consistent active vendors. And then there's like another 75 or so that are more of a revolving door. Um, And so we're really looking at distinct populations almost every year of our entire vendor force. Do you know what the average take-home pay is of a vendor? It can range really anywhere between $50 to hundreds of dollars, depending on how many magazines. A week. A week. A week. A week. week. Okay. Um, Depending on how many magazines they purchase, how long they've been a vendor, um, you know, a lot of what they get are tips. Um, on top of, right, so someone may buy the magazine and just give a five or do, you know, Venmo and just round it up. Um, oh, my gosh, you can Venmo now. You can actually Venmo now. We've had Venmo for a while. I think about yeah. this all the time because I never carry cash. There's a QR code on the cover of the magazine, so you can scan that. And so you can imagine in 2020, yes, customers who were really had strong relationships with their vendors we're sending, you know, funds to make sure that they were okay. Yeah, you prompted my next question of like, it's impossible not to ask and wonder how Streetwise vendors and Streetwise in general was affected during the pandemic when downtown was a ghost town, you know, Mm -hmm. so few people were commuting to work. And, you know, what, how did that affect the vendors and and the take-home of, take-home pay of them? So in mid-March, we launched a fundraising campaign to sort of, you know, help keep our vendors healthy and safe. And we actually were able to uh, be a source of emergency financial support for our vendors from the time we pulled them off the streets on April 6th until they could go, uh, until they had their next opportunity. Every vendor who was an active vendor could come in and get cash assistance get meals to go, still the hygiene supplies and all of that. When the pandemic came about, it was a little discouraged. Trust and believe me. When I say you rarely seldom would see me in front of a store. Now, I have a spot 
on Illinois McClure at the Target down there, and the guys know me down there in front of the store. So that was that would that helped me to get through the day, through the through the months. Besides Streetwise was giving us our little allowance or something because they helped us too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I was selling, but it wasn't like it was, you know. And now it has picked back up. For me, it has. I don't know about anyone else, but it has. Every, I mean, every so often, I would go down there and still sell the magazines, and people would ask me, what happened to you? Where have we been? You know, how you been? What is it about Chicago that is, like, either streetwise is so Chicago or Chicago is so streetwise? What is the, what is the relationship there that just feels like streetwise has to be in Chicago? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. We're the... So New York was first. Boston actually started their street paper maybe a month or two before us. And then we started. So and because we're, you know, we're Chicago and we're the city that works and the city of big shoulders. And we just like came out of the gate. Right. Just like like we had 300 vendors in the first two months. Wow. There was just such an appetite for it. And I think because Chicago is so gritty and resilient. So is Streetwise. So like our, the value and culture of Streetwise is very parallel to the values and culture of our city. Um, so I think that that's why it works. Julie, thank you for so much for joining CityCast Chicago and walking us through this history of Streetwise. Carrie, thank you so much for being a supporter and caring about telling our story. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Lake County State's attorney have announced that Robert Cremo III has been charged with seven counts of first-degree murder following the tragic shooting in Highland Park that left dozens more injured. Officials say Cremo planned the attack for weeks, obtained an AR-15 legally in Illinois, and that there will be more charges to account for each of the victims. 46 War Alderman James Kappelman says he's not seeking re-election after three terms as the alderman in Uptown and Lakeview. And some good news to get you through. We're going to be live at the Silver Room in Hyde Park this Thursday at 11 a.m. We're talking about the return of the Silver Room block party with Eric Williams and breaking down news from the week with Block Club Chicago's Jamie Nesbitt Golden and the New York Times bestseller author Mickey Kendall. If you got some time, stop by, pick up something, and say hello. Remember, if you're new to CityCast Chicago, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.